A very warm welcome to The Early Retirement Show, the show dedicated to helping you navigate the nuances of an early retirement, a non-traditional retirement. Now let's get right into the episode so we can learn how to retire early. Welcome back to The Early Retirement Podcast. I am your host, Ari Taubleib, and today's a fun one. We are going to be talking about the five most important parts of building a successful financial plan. What can you think about so that by the end of this podcast episode, you go, I am ready to build myself a financial plan. So we're going to also focus on what you should be avoiding because sometimes people will spend so much energy on things that just don't play a big role. And I want you to spend your time that you do choose on your financial life on things that matter most. Before we hop into today's episode, I am going to highlight a recent review, and if you have not left a review yet on iTunes, please go ahead and do so. It is so helpful to see your feedback, and it helps more people find the show. So I truly appreciate it. I love doing these podcasts. So this one is by Ben Silbar, who says, Retirement Advice. Early retirement is stressful. This is the best podcast around to create a stress-free early retirement. Thank you, Ben. I hope that it has certainly been helpful. And if you have not either submitted a review or left a note to me personally on my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com slash submit your question, then I would be happy to see that because I want to know what do you want to hear about? I make these episodes based off of what clients tell me, based off of the questions that you submit, and the more that you do that, the more that I get to help you all. So thank you for allowing me to do that. This is a true pleasure of mine. So let's hop right into today and what I want to start on first, the step one of you know the five most important parts of a successful financial plan is personal finance is more personal than it is finance. If you search something on Google, it is not going to know your entire financial situation. Should I contribute to a Roth IRA or not? It's going to tell you the maximum. Investopedia is wonderful. We utilize them. They can be a great resource, but it's not going to give you a custom answer. And so often in personal finance, it certainly is more personal than it is finance. So what does that mean for you when you're building a plan? Don't worry about other people. Sometimes it can be helpful to understand, hey, what do people tend to spend in retirement? Okay, that's helpful. Okay, what return should I expect? Okay, that's good to know. But those are simply bases for a conversation. You don't want to harp on those too much. You don't want to say, you know what, because of this, that exactly means I need to implement it like this. No. It's not black and white, and your financial plan is going to be very different than your than your neighbors. Um, it's going to be very different than your best friends. And so when you're building a financial plan, number one is your plan is going to look very different. And one of our phrases here at Root is you don't build a financial plan. You do financial planning because life is going to change, and tax law is going to change, and legislation. And so we want to make sure we're always on top of that. So when it comes to personal finance, what do you want your life to look like? Is it the financial side that's most important to you or is the personal side? Finance should just support your personal preferences, not the other way around. It's not about how can I just have money for the sake of it, but how can I use this money to do what you care about most? Part number two, which I'm going to explain through an example, is that momentum is more powerful than a spreadsheet. What do I mean by that? I hope that even didn't, I hope that wasn't like Ari, that wasn't even English. Um, But what I mean by that is that let's say, for example, that you're wondering, you know, you're call it five, 10 years out from retirement and you're thinking to yourself, should I pay down my mortgage or should I invest more? Well, you could certainly pay down your mortgage and you're going to go, you know what? It's going to feel really good because you're seeing that balance go down and down and down and it's motivating and that momentum plays a big role. 
Or you could look at that in the stock market and you go, well, if my mortgage rate's 5% and historically the market does 10%, shouldn't I just invest instead? Shouldn't I pay the minimum and invest? Well, that might be the financial answer, but you have to take into account the life answer because that 10%, that's the historical average of the S&P 500 as a starting spot. Well, do we want to base our whole financial picture based off of what history has shown? We don't. And so what do we do instead? We weigh the pros and cons. And the first pro to weigh against the con is historically the market will make you more money. But that's not always the most motivating. Seeing that balance go down on your mortgage can be so powerful. And we always like to say that people don't celebrate when their investment portfolio goes up by another $100,000. They get to celebrate when they've paid off their home. It feels like a big burden that's been lift off of your shoulders. So we will often encourage clients that even if it's not the financial answer, it can make most sense to pay down your mortgage, like in a situation like this. So don't feel that there's ever a right or wrong. There is a what makes most sense for your situation. And once again, when you're wondering, okay, how should I think about this? Well, the first thing is what's the real goal here? Is the goal to pay off that mortgage so you can go, I don't want to have to think about that. That's one less expense in retirement. Or is the goal to say, I want to maximize income? Because if your goal is to maximize income, we might advise by investing better, you will have more income in retirement. Well, how can we invest better? Well, we can alter our investments, but we can also contribute more dollars. So it comes back to what do you care about most? That's what you have to ask. Once you know what you care about, great. Now let's backfill it. So let's almost reverse engineer with the finances. That's the easy side. It's figuring out what do you care about. That's the hard part. Part number three is that stocks and bonds are not the only things you can invest in. People often think about that, and I want to invite you to think about your own time. You can invest in yourself, which is often your greatest asset. Compound interest in the stock market can be amazing, but so can getting another raise at work. So can switching careers to a higher income. So can saving more. So can spending less. So when it looks to, you know, what do you want out of your life? I would invite you to think about, okay, let's have our investments aligned. And then what do you want to support that? Because personally, I don't invest in real estate, not because it's a bad investment. It can be a great investment. Historically, it can do even better than the stock market, depending on where you invest. But that's not why I don't invest in real estate. I don't invest in real estate because I don't want to focus any of my time and energy in that world. I would rather invest fully passively in the stock market, having my money grow for me, while also investing in my time, in my career, in what I care about most, in what I really enjoy. So don't think about investing only in the sense of stocks and bonds, but also think about it in your personal life of, okay, what can I invest in to better myself? Both, of course, personally in the sense of, hey, how do you feel? But also in the sense that, okay, should you go back to school for a master's degree? Okay, does it make sense to switch careers to a job that's more fulfilling? So what do you care about most? Once again, that's where I start and then backfill it. Part number four, and this is a weird one to think about, but it is true, is that your financial behavior is a reflection of your self-perceived identity. What you do now is a mirror image of the type of person that you believe you are, whether it's conscious or subconsciously. These outcomes are what you get, and the processes are about what you do, and identity is really about what you believe. So there are two steps to changing your beliefs if you even want to do so. Decide the person you want to be, 
and you prove it to yourself through small wins. What we always are saying is momentum is more important than speed. When people reach out, they often think, I need to adjust my investments. I need to get my tax strategy in line. I need a will. I need a trust. I need insurance. Great. But if we try to do it all at once, then we often don't take any actions or we risk doing it poorly. So let's certainly move in the right direction, what we call that momentum, and that's more important than speed. So number four is your financial behavior is a reflection of your self-perceived identity. And what can you do about it? You start with your awareness of it. And the last one here, part number five, when people say, what is financial freedom? I will say this quote, and it's by Nick Murray, who writes a wonderful book, um, the number one most recommended book whenever people ask me, what should I read to learn more about money, which is Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth by Nick Murray. And he says, if you are still worried, you are not wealthy. And that just couldn't be more true. So when people understand, you know, I want to maximize my money, I want to understand how can I save on taxes, I say those are wonderful things, but you don't look back on your life and say, look how much I saved on taxes. You look back and say, did I have a successful life? Did I get to work a job I really cared about? Did I spend time with who I love the most? So think about this when you think about financial freedom. Financial freedom is the freedom to think about money less, not more. Financial freedom is when you have a plan that tells you, great, I can do this. I don't have to do this. Understand, I have the freedom to do that. Great, let's do more of those things. So that's when I think about financial freedom. It's truly the freedom to not have to do things you don't want to do. And I'll leave you with this quote, which is one of my favorites as well by Francis Bacon. Money is a great servant, but a bad master. So make sure that you control your money. You are the boss of your life. And it starts with having a plan. Some people think building a plan is stressful. I say the opposite. Now, I'm a little biased since this is what I do for a living and I love doing it. But I say it's the opposite because financial planning should be fun. At the end of the day, we're talking about what you care about most here. It's not really about the numbers. We're simply using those to fill the life we want to live. So how can we make sure that we're saving as much as possible, investing very well? Well, we do that by being very intentional. So when you think about early retirement, which is, of course, the name of this podcast, what is an early retirement? It's the freedom to not have to work. I'm saying if you really enjoy working, great, keep doing it. It's going to only make the financial plan look better. But if you don't love doing it or there's a career you've been putting off or something else, Great, let's consider that. Let's just use the numbers to do so. So that is it for the five steps to building a successful financial plan. Of course, there's more to it. There always is more to it. But this is the framework that I like to think through when I'm building a plan. Then we backfill it and go, okay, let's really dial in these investments. Let's really make sure the taxes are working in a way that doesn't just save you in this year. Many CPAs will do a wonderful job about reporting last year. They'll also do a great job about saving you in taxes this year. What they don't do an amazing job at, in my opinion, is looking at your total lifetime tax liability. So if you're working with a financial planner right now, ask yourself, are they, not ask yourself, excuse me, ask them, ask your advisor, do they review your tax return? They might not want to ask because it could feel like they're overstepping or it's sensitive information. And I would say, make sure they're overstepping. And I wouldn't even call it overstepping. You want your tax planner, which is your financial advisor, to be looking at your tax return to make sure they're on the same page as your CPA. 
to make sure that they are on the same page. If you don't have a CPA as your tax preparer, you want to make sure your advisor is looking at your situation, not in a vacuum. And when I say vacuum, I'm referring to the term vacuum planning, which is the sense that I have a tax preparer for this and a state attorney for that, a you know financial advisor for this. And yes, we want a team, but we want that team to speak with one another. And oftentimes we are doing so much more tax planning, which is looking forward as opposed to tax preparing, which is looking in the previous year. So ask your financial advisor, do you look at tax returns? Do you do tax planning? If not, you can reach out to a firm like ours or another firm that does tax planning because you want to make sure that they're looking at what is likely one of your biggest expenses in retirement, which is saving on taxes. So that is it for today's episode. Once again, all of this and more on YouTube, as well as you have the ability to submit your question to me on my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. And lastly, if you're interested in working with me, there is a link below where you can inquire about just that. I'll look forward to see you all next week. And I say see you all next week. I know it's weird because it's a podcast, but I really do feel like it's a community because of all these questions you are submitting me. So please keep them coming. You're telling me exactly what you want on future episodes, and I love getting to do it. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Early Retirement Show. If you have a question that you want answered in a future episode, you can always go to my website, earlyretirementpodcast.com. That's earlyretirementpodcast.com. And you can go ahead and submit a question that I'll look to answer in a future episode. Thank you all for listening. Please do rate it, review it, and share it with someone who you think would benefit from this information if there's anyone out there that you know. I certainly appreciate it, and I will see you all each week. Hey guys, it's me again. Please be smart about this. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as financial, tax, or legal advice. Consult with your tax preparer or financial advisor before taking any action. This podcast is for informational purposes only.